Hello and welcome to Confessions of a Mum, a podcast where I'll share all things health, female and of course mum. So whether you're hiding in the bedroom away from the kids, switching off on your commute to work with a coffee or trying to get the baby to sleep on a buggy walk, I hope this helps and enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of day this is that you're tuning into, thank you for joining. My name's Kaylee, and you are here with a confession of a mum. So, where do I start, really? I want to keep this podcast, you know, really light-hearted. There will be some in-depth chats along the way. Um, I just really feel I want to share my experiences my outlook on life, what I've gone through. I'm just a normal, everyday woman that's just navigating through motherhood. Now, I am a first-time mum. I had my little girl in June 2022. So I am no way, shape or form claiming to be an expert in all things motherhood. I have definitely broken several rules along the way. I have, you know, jumped through hoops and hurdles and all sorts you know to to get where I am now but I do feel like my experience and my little bit of knowledge that I do have and what's worked for me and what hasn't worked for me will be quite valuable for other people that being said this leads me quite nicely into episode one which is things they didn't tell you about becoming a mum now I could sit here and spend hours and hours on end of several thousand bullet points of things they really didn't tell you when you become a mum. And I'm sure everyone listening to this will agree. So I'm trying to keep it to, I guess, the five most key points I personally found a a shock (laughs) or, um, you know, hit me in a bit of a way that I wish someone had given me a heads up about. So hopefully... Um, this potentially helps any of you that are potentially, I don't know, pregnant or planning a family or like me in this situation, you want to listen to someone have a little bit of a rant and, and just feel less alone. So point number one, baby not liking the pram. Now, I don't know about you, but pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, whether it was autumn, summer, you know, I had that, that excitement of going on buggy walks with my little one you know and having a drink coffee walking with a friend having a chat while they casually have a little nap oh how wrong was I so point number one baby not liking the pram I think I need a bit of a sip of water for this one bit of ASMR for you there <laughs> yeah, so baby not liking the pram. Now, this was something I think everyone's going to relate to when you're pregnant, before you're pregnant. You dream of those buggy walks, you know, have a coffee with a friend, baby takes a lovely nap. Did not happen for me. It, it was awful. She did not like the bassinet. She didn't like being on her back. She is a tummy sleeper as we speak, so, you know, I feel like looking back, a lot of it was to do with that. But even when she wasn't due to sleep you know I'd go for a walk she just did not like it she would fight to be out of that thing um, and wanted to be held so it just really got to the point for the first few months where I felt I I couldn't get out I, I had stayed indoors it was quite isolating to that point but 
you know, I ended up introducing a sling, I think, when she was about two months old, um, which ended up becoming my best friend, by the way. If sling isn't on your baby list, get yourself a sling. I swear by the thing. Um, and it just, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it t- potentially ruins motherhood in the beginning, but for me personally, I love getting outdoors. And for mental health, I definitely don't think that helped postpartum for me personally um it it really did create a bit of a a struggle especially being alone um you know being very restricted um when i did speak to friends about it a lot (laughs) i spoke to had a similar experience and you know it worked till the baby moved up to the next part of the buggy that you know they found things very different which just to add a positive end to this point by the way to anyone to not scare you my one absolutely loved the next part of the buggy. Even now, it's so lovely going out with her now. Um, Nap-wise, no, we are yet to nail that. <laughs> she's she's a cot nappy uh, baby now, which I am not even complaining about. I, I love the fact that she does a very decent nap. But yeah, that was something I think if someone had maybe given me a bit of a, a share in the beginning, that I would have been a bit more prepared for that mentally. Um But yeah, that definitely was one of my biggest struggles early on. So number two leads me on to baby blues. Now, I was hit by this massively. I do think I had a couple of other things alongside the baby blues. Um, Postpartum anxiety was definitely one of them as well, which again, I didn't even have a clue what the hell that that was. The only thing I think we all know about... Um, that's spoken about is postpartum depression but all these other things are not spoken about you know I took classes before you know before having my little one and not once was that something addressed or discussed we're in a world now where we really are big on mental health and talking about mental health which is absolutely amazing Uh, I'm so glad I'm here for it but why on earth are we not going into this and you know, I'm I'm not putting any hate to any mums, you know, that didn't speak to, to me about it. I think the, the biggest problem we've all got is that fear that you're going to scare someone and that you're going to put them off having a child. And, you know, no one wants to be that person to put that anxiety on, on someone. But at the same time, for me personally, if I'd have had someone sit with me and say, look, this happened to me and, it, you know, this was my experience probably would have definitely helped me personally i mean talking is is the biggest part of this by the way that my advice to anyone going through it or you're scared you're going to go through it baby blues is is a common thing at most women majority of women will have it different levels for different women i'm not a very hormonal person at all like when i'm on my period i don't even really get hit too much hormonally yeah I'm a little bit emotional a little bit sensitive but it's it's nothing extreme it's so for me personally when this happened to me it hit me really hard because I just wasn't mentally prepared or I just didn't know how to cope with it and the midwives were very robotic that was my experience um your health visitors you know it was all here's a bit of paper tick this box tick this box if you're feeling like this on a scale of one to ten how are you feeling with this and and i was never honest on them i really was never honest on them i think the the main the the main way that what helped me get through it was speaking to other mums uh everyone's different you know i think speaking is 
key thing here so if you can't find someone close speak to a stranger speak to a doctor speak to someone but for me personally speaking to mums who I felt would understand and would emphasize with me you know a lot of this in the beginning I also put down to to the lack of sleep and I was like oh maybe it's because you know I'm not sleeping well and you know you start making excuses for the way you're feeling and you know potentially in another episode I might dig a little bit deeper with the mental health side of having a baby because I did definitely have some other issues alongside the baby blues looking back I definitely did I'm absolutely great now I'm in a great place now that's why I'm quite confident in you know and happy to share my experiences but if you're going through it you're pregnant or you know just just honestly take a moment to think who can I trust in myself to be so open with because you are going to need to be really open you're going to need someone who's going to happily sit and watch you cry and <laughs> watch you offload um you you, you want to make sure you have some form of support network there and as i said if you don't have lots of close people around you speak to a doctor there will be someone that you can that you can confide in um trust me when i say speaking is a hundred percent the sometimes the best medicine number three this one is a right barrel of laughs for me sleep when the baby sleeps that is a big fat lie everyone you know male female will say oh you know you're not sleeping well at night you know you got newborn well you know they sleep all day <laughs> sleep all day they said yeah no that wasn't my experience so with my little one um you know I think she had a little bit of colic in the beginning as well but she just was either awake on me feeding I breast breastfeed breastfed um she was either on me feeding or fighting to go asleep and I, what what is this you know in my head i was thinking what is this why is my baby fighting to sleep she is clearly tired why is she not just sleeping you know and and it was just a struggle to get her to sleep would be a struggle and as i've sort of mentioned in the baby not like in the pram situation mine got to the point she didn't want to be put down for naps the moment i would get her to sleep i transfer her the dreaded transfer mums you know I, that was it I was back to square one so I introduced the sling to you know make sure I got for my own sanity uh, purposes a, a bit of rest in between but that wasn't sleeping I couldn't sleep with her in a sling on me that was not possible uh, you know no matter what anyone says that is not possible I, I couldn't sleep sitting upright there'd be times where I was so exhausted and I'd have her on me in the sling and I'd sit up and I'd probably maybe close my eyes for about 10 minutes but then I'd wake up because my back would hurt I'd be uncomfortable like you know it was just not possible it just was not possible um and you know it's one of those lines that really to this day haunts me and i've heard people saying it to you know when i've been out and about and i'm you know with mums or whatever i've been dropped in conversations does tend to come from men a lot of the time i'm sorry i don't want to be sexist here but it does tend to come from the men um and i'm sorry guys i, I don't want to break this to you but you know you don't quite get it unless you know you're the one with the baby at home 24 7 um and don't get me wrong there's stay at home dads out there i'm sure that you are going to relate to this and you are going to understand but that for me 
biggest, biggest lie. And the lack of sleep, for me personally, because everyone tells you something different, you know, and when I was pregnant, you know, everyone did do the whole, oh, you're tired now, you just you wait till the baby's here, which I don't like people saying that, even now. I don't like people saying that because of that. I think, why? It's it's just a pointless thing to say. Although, that being said, as much as, to, especially towards the end of pregnancy, where it was unbe- unbearable, I was just in agony, I was uncomfortable, I hated I couldn't sleep, I still had blocks of sleep, you know? Um, whereas, yeah, the first few months with a baby, I just literally near enough didn't get any. And it was a mix of her being awake you know, me feeding her, but also my, you know, anxiety, everything that was all, all on top. It was one big foggy mess. Like, people would sit there and have a conversation with me, and I'd black out. And a lot of things even now are a bit of a blur from, from the lack of sleep. Um, so, yeah, sleep when the baby sleep. Is asleep? No. What you need in this situation, my advice, which unfortunately for me, I didn't really have it, is someone that can come round, look after that baby while you go and go to the other room and have some sleep. If you've got someone that can do that for you, yes. I didn't really have too much of it at the beginning. I had um, two really close friends, one particular who did, did do that for me a couple of times and oh my God, was I thankful and grateful for them. Um, you know, even having a shower, you know it's those little things that you just you take for granted but having just one person that could just come around once a week even once a week just to let you recharge is a dream so if you've got anyone that offers it just take it do it just swallow your pride anyone that offers that support take it because it is near enough impossible to sleep when that baby sleeps for those reasons i've given the other reasons are you know, as I said, you need to eat, you know, so you've, you you need to eat, of course you do, so you need to go make yourself something to eat, which will probably not be until they're asleep, so that's another thing you've got to factor in, you know, whether it's having a shower, whether it's washing bottles, if you bottle feed, clean the kitchen, that being said, if there are days when you don't get stuff done, just don't, it is not the end of the world, the dishes, they're not going anywhere, you know, your hair's it's greasy so what who cares sleep however is good for you it's good for the baby so if you can get someone to help you that's my biggest bit of advice on that one now my next point is not going to be relatable to everyone um this is for the breastfeeding mamas or breastfeeding mamas to be um and that is cluster feeding wow didn't never heard of that term and if you're not a breastfeeder or you're new to this journey and you're potentially going to breastfeed, you probably have not heard of that term either because I definitely hadn't. And it wasn't until, you know, quite uh, quite early on, thankfully, I did discover this because I definitely think this would have stopped my breastfeeding journey earlier on. Um, you know, when I did my own research, and to be fair, there was one health visitor when I, I'd said that, you know, what is this? I've Googled it, you know, but obviously you don't want to trust everything you see on Google as such. You know, you want to get a medical professional's advice. And they did actually go into a little bit more detail when I quizzed them, because otherwise they did not. Um, which, again, why? Knowing I breastfeed, it should be something you've spoken about. But basically, cluster feeding is where your baby will feed on you 
with little space in between and be on you for very long periods of time and that is day and that is night and early on it was quite quick for me in my head to think there was something wrong with me and my baby wasn't satisfied and the milk wasn't coming in or there wasn't enough milk you know and all of this but one of the main things for me that I think helped was I was an oversupplier in the beginning so which obviously helped that side of my thoughts disappear quite quickly um because she would sort of choke when she'd first start drinking and you know again a health visitor had said you are probably an oversupplier and you know try these things xyz but i said to him but i'm confused why is my baby on me all the time doesn't you know i'm just not not feeling like i'm getting any break are they satisfied are they not getting enough for the like what is this and a massive thing with breastfed babies not all do it but a lot do and it's just their way of increasing your supply. And for them, it, it's like a, a surge in hunger that they, they need that to grow. Um, so some a lot of breastfed babies will do it, basically, in a nutshell. So that being said, if I hadn't of learnt this information sooner, um, you know, I definitely would have stopped breastfeeding. I mean, I, I had... I'm going to do a whole other episode on breastfeeding, by the way, because it's a whole big field of, of conversation for me and my own experience, good and bad. But yeah, I was close to stopping and, you know, that was one of my things earlier on that was leading me to potentially stop. And, you know, thankfully, I learnt what I learnt and, and carried on. And the clustering did stop, just to reassure everyone. It's not forever. I think she cluster fed for... She used to do it through growth spurts, um, so she did it when she was born, uh, that it kind of stopped for a bit, I think when she was a couple of months old. Um, and then I think she, yeah, every time there was that period of, of, you know, she'd go for a growth spurt, she would cluster feed. So at least for me, I kind of got my head round knowing that that's what it was. It was her way of increasing supply, getting what she needed to, to grow, um, in those key points of her, her time. So yeah, so that is another one, but as I say, breastfeeding is a big big minefield of conversation for me so I will probably do an episode dedicated on that but I just I did really want to touch on that because it's a term that I didn't know and nobody told me about probably also to be fair on people I don't know many breastfeeders so in that in that their defense you know they wouldn't know but yeah that's something I wanted to discuss and share so if you're looking at breastfeeding or you do breastfeed you will know or now you know. So there you go. So on my last point, I'm going to try and keep quite brief because it's actually a point I'm still going through. I'm still struggling with now. And that is losing your identity. When you become a mum, you can feel very guilty early on that you're mourning your old life. And there is nothing wrong with that. You do not need to be ashamed that you are mourning that person that you were before. Your freedom is gone. You now have a child attached to you 24-7, physically, emotionally. Your partner, you and your partner are no longer two. You're now three. Your relationship will change one way or another. It will change. Everything you know, and that's that's mental. Physically, your body changes. You don't want to dress the same. Your morals change. Everything changes. Everything about you changes. And it's really difficult at the beginning to get your head around it. And I still don't know quite who I am yet. I am still, I'm a year down the line and I am still navigating who on earth Kaylee is now. You know, there's pieces of me that are definitely still cemented. You know, I love my bright coloured clothes. 
love having a good old chat and a good old laugh with friends. You know, all these things are still there, but you are different. No matter what, you are different. And that's not a bad thing. And it is not a bad thing to sit and miss your old life at all. And I was really guilty early on of, of you know, thinking... I was a bad mum because I missed going out with my friends for a lunch or missed going for a walk all by myself having a coffee and you know having a chin with a good friend on the phone and, and not having a care in the world you know I, I felt guilty of that and there's nothing wrong with that that's completely normal to feel that way and a year down the line where I am now or two years down the line three years down the line you are still going to have those moments where you miss that going to the cinema with your partner, just the two of you, with no thoughts given to a child that you have to look after, or, you know, all these things are still going to be in place, and that's what I've come to realise now, there's nothing wrong with it, I love my child, I love where I am, you know, now, but there is nothing wrong with missing your old life, and, you know, losing who you are, and becoming someone new, it's, it's all part of the process that, Again, nobody talks about, as this whole topic of this whole episode is, these are things that people don't talk about, that people should share more, you know, of their experiences. Um, and it's not to scare people, it's not to put us, you know, new mums off, it's just to help us navigate this motherhood journey that is a crazy roller coaster of, of emotions. And, you know, let's have a laugh about it, let's have a joke about it, let's keep it lighthearted, but at the same time, Let's also cry together and let's have those moments where we just want to scream and we want to shout and we just want to let out our frustrations, you know? So I'm going to leave this episode here. Um, I thought it'd be a really good end of each episode to share a positive quote for us to all, you know, leave the show, have a think about, ponder our thoughts on. A mother is always the beginning. She is how things begin wow that's pretty powerful isn't it on that note i'm going to leave this episode here i really hope that you've enjoyed and if you've stuck around to the end thank you so much i've been really grateful for the feedback you know any topics you want me to discuss any questions you have i'll happily share i hope that whatever time of day you've listened to this to you've had a good morning you've had a good afternoon you've had a good evening and until next time keep on being you bye bye